0: Hey, everybody, this is a quick reminder that if you go to Watching the Throne on iTunes and rate us anywhere from one to five stars, and then you take a screenshot of that review and get it to us either through Twitter, we are at Kanye Podcast, or you email it to me at Travis at com. you will get entered to win My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy on vinyl, or I guess any format you want it on maybe CB, maybe it's gonna set somewhere i don't know but if you do that you will get entered into a contest with everyone else and we will pick a winner in the next month or two uh, so good luck everybody wants to know what i would do if i didn't win i guess we'll never know so keep your love I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids.
1: Welcome to Watching the Throne.
0: A lyrical analysis of Kanye West.
1: My name is Chris Soul.
0: And I'm Sample Bean, and today we are talking about Kanye in a little bit of a different way than we usually do, which I'm pretty excited about.
1: Yeah, normally it's just us two being jabronis on here for (laughs) way too long of time, way more than necessary. But today we uh, we have a ringer coming in. We got martin connor who runs rap analysis uh site and youtube channel right martin uh why don't you introduce yourself and uh tell us a little bit about what you do
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so uh like you were saying chris i am martin the ringer connor uh (laughs) as i'm well known as uh but yeah so you got it exactly uh nailed it on the head i have a website uh rapanalysis.com where i too talk for too long and too much about um Kanye West and Patrick Swayze movies and stuff like that yeah uh can't have enough right um no yeah so that's exactly what I do though uh so I take a musical approach to rappers right you know because people do I think tons of people especially the Watch the Throne podcast they do a great job of talking about Kanye from a storytelling point of view you know or a poetic point of view and obviously you know his um People do a great job of looking at him through the context of race relations in America, sociological uh, looks at him and stuff like that. So what I try to bring to the table um, is to consider him as a musician, a pure musician, you know, almost as if he was Jimi Hendrix with his guitar, Mozart with his, I don't know, piano or whatever um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, what uh, we get then is you see a highly, highly developed uh musician especially on the songs we're going to talk about today and his soul sampling technique especially
1: for you music is a is a big thing for you then as a musician kind of perspective because i know the reason we come to kanye from a lyrical perspective comes from the fact that both travis and i work a lot with words storytelling narrative so that's kind of the lens that we view kanye in and the kind of focus you yourself come from a, a musical background then
2: Yes, yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, took piano lessons when I was in third grade, hated it, absolutely <laughs> hated it. Uh, begged my mom to let me quit. I did. And then, you know, kinda picked it back up um in uh high school, you know, writing shitty emo songs, uh a la Weezer, um, and stuff like that. And then eventually I came to my senses and started loving rap in college. Um where I graduated from Duke with a music degree, uh, where I studied rap, you know, that's kind of where my love of it came up and I started notating it, you know, you know, those little dots and lines you see on sheet music and scores. I started representing rap in this way. Uh, and one of the first ones I did was game. And then eventually I came to do a full, um, an analysis of Kanye's songs on my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, that looked at them yeah like you're saying like musical structures right so what i was struck by was how long every song on that album is and you know the average length is five minutes and 58 seconds and that is just like no other rap song out there you know so eventually (laughs) i wanted to yeah yeah i mean what two minutes longer two and a half minutes longer um and so i wanted to explain why and so what i love about my beautiful dark twisted fantasies is these extended what i call extended pop form, you know, because, yeah, you have courses and verses and bridges, but you have tons of them. And shit like that is what results in run in uh, Runaway, yeah, being over nine minutes long, but no one ever gets bored, because it's awesome. You know, you have the great 64-bar <laughs> uh, vocoder, outro, solo, and stuff like that. So then eventually, you know, I took an eye to his soul-sampling techniques, uh, and I've been really struck by how it's changed between College Dropout and, uh, yeah, 2004, I guess, and then uh, 2016 with The Life of Pablo, and especially how that has um, correlated or gone along with his um, shifting views on race, you might say. And that's really uh, what I'd love to talk about today.
1: Well, that gets into a lot of what Travis and I have noticed from the lyrical perspective, Kanye's growth as a storyteller just in the way he uses narrative techniques and how that's developed from College Dropout through Life of Pablo. I mean, we geek out on it all the time
2: (laughs) yeah well then i have come to the right place i think because i'm about to talk your i'm about to talk your ear off for an hour y'all you guys can cut my mic um when you're ready uh, give give me the thumbs up or something when you're ready
0: no i i think this is our repayment for torturing our listeners for about two years now yeah talking incessantly talk as much as you want
2: Okay okay, great. well, yeah, I don't know man. you guys have stumbled upon something great. I mean, you guys had the South by Southwest um, endorsement, right? You were on the stage, right?
1: Yeah, we uh were the one of the two thousand seventeen South by Southwest podcast stage presented by TuneIn podcast shows. So no,
2: no big deal, no big deal. do you do you drop that line for girls at uh, when you go out because
1: <laughs> Oh uh, well, you know, Travis and I are both uh, both off the markets.
2: Oh, OK. Well, that, I assume that's how you got your girlfriends then. Good, good move, guys.
1: Good, good move. That was it.
0: We It'll told be them. what Chris says when he shakes Kanye's hand for the first time.
2: Oh, God. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I can't. I, You know, I have a deal with my girlfriend. Well, she's not aware of it yet. But if we get married and have children, I am naming my child Kanye. You know, I just think Kanye Connor really flows off the tongue.
0: It's too easy. I- I'm gonna go of Jesus myself.
2: Oh, that oh, that is a good one. Maybe you know, if you're Catholic, maybe like a confirmation name. I mean, he named his kid Saint West. <laughs> so he's begging for us to do it, really, I think.
1: Yeah, I think Kanye Connor's a fucking great name. That's, right? Uh, yeah,
2: right? Is it I mean Kanye Connor. He's even got a line. <laughs> uh, something about con man. Oh God, it's from one of the freshman adjustment mixtapes. And I used to drop that line all the time, just change the K A N spelling to C O to N. God, I, I got to look that up and send it to you guys, though. I can't remember what it is. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Cool. So, what would
1: uh, jumping all the way back in time to college dropouts and we get this yeah. early uh, stage of Kanye and his production, what, uh, what stands out to you in that realm of how he's using his soul samples?
2: Yeah, so what stands out to me is just, I've always thought of uh, College Dropout as a crystallization, uh, no, that's not a word, a crystallization of, <laughs> um, of uh, sampling techniques up until then, in 2004, you know? Like, on it, don't get me wrong, College Dropout is one of the greatest rap albums of all time to me. It's just that he ha- is doing what people have done before, he's just doing it better than anyone else ever did. You know, so so that's what I look at when I hear a soul sampling techniques. I'm seeing a, um, I'm seeing the use of groups similar to what people have done in the past. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a type of, a manner of incorporation of those samples that is similar to what people have done in the past. It's just that he tells a story and weaves it through an album of over 20 songs, which, you know, people aren't, people are getting away with nine and 10 track um, tapes today. Uh, that just is amazing and jumps off the page at me, you know. So I think a really great example that I like to use as kind of his first sampling technique that he eventually will go on to develop is a uh, spaceship, you know, because that is just a really classic use of the sampling technique. It's just that his ear for finding the technique was better than anyone, or, or the good sample, his ear for finding the good sample was better than what most people had done uh, up until then, you know, I really think maybe only J. Cole, in terms of soul samples, um, "RZA Don't Kill Me," uh, might be able to challenge uh, Kanye for that title of the best ear for a soul sample. Um, so on Spaceship, though, what he samples is a nineteen yeah a nineteen seventy three song from Marvin Gaye called "Distant Lover," um, and what he really does is just he takes the Marvin Gaye sample as a whole, cuts the part he wants drops it into a song and repeats it over and over. And then he's kind of just like, yep, that's it. That's what I need. It's perfect. <laughs> I, like, yeah, add in some drums, add in the rap. I don't want to undersell those parts. But as far as sampling goes, that's really uh, what it comes down to. So I'm not telling you it's copying and pasting, but it's just a more straightforward way of incorporating the soul sample into it. You know, what, we're, what I'm talking about here isn't the soul sample itself necessarily, it's the musical context of the soul sample as defined by its uh, how it's mixed, you know, how they put it in your stereo world, whether it's to the left or right in your uh, earbuds, uh, the key, the musical key it's in, and then also how often the soul sample shows up, especially where in it, you know, like is the soul sample in the chorus or is it in the verse and as i was saying before on spaceship it's interesting because that marvin Gaye uh sample it's really just used over and over it's almost the entire uh, musical background besides the drums Mm.
1: and is that a does that stand out from the rest of the tracks on college dropouts does he no
2: yeah no that's actually kind of his go-to technique throughout the whole album you know so another one i love to point out is through the wire and everything i just you know the shaka khan uh sample rather that he pitches up uh but beyond that he really just borrows the whole line in whole without um changing it too much but then he makes the rest of the arrangement uh harmonize with it you might think of it you know he makes his uh he makes his insertion of that soul sample by shaka khan really smooth and really um, nice and tidy so that you don't even realize, unless you were to look it up, that there is another uh, song by Shaka Khan uh, called Through the Fire, I guess is that song's uh, chorus. Um, but as you go through the albums, you know, down to uh, past late registration to graduation, and then even on to um, Life of Pablo and Jesus, you see this sampling technique really start to shift and change. And what Kanye likes to do more of is to just kind of leave the soul sample almost purposefully out of place in the song. You know, he doesn't make it fit smoothly, and he doesn't use it a whole bunch of times.
1: <laughs> so moving from a very uh, overlapping is not the quite, quite the right word, but a very integrated use of the soul yes, sample yeah. to something that is a little bit more clanging and dissonant and harsh.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, he's just by the end of it in his more recent work, he's just really not interested in making the soul sample be this kind of nice sounding, pleasing uh, consonant part of the arrangement. It's more he's like, oh, yeah, here's the soul sample. And now this is what the rest of the song is. You know, I mean, I'm really struck with it um, uh, on Blood on the Leaves. Right. Because the song starts out with a Nina Simone soul sample talking about a black man who was lynched in the South. And then by the second verse, I think it is, Kanye is, what, telling Jay-Z's girlfriends not to call him up anymore? And, and you're kind of just like, <laughs> well, how the hell did we get from one to the next? you know? And you guys have really dug into it uh, in terms of his story, right? But what I see in terms of the music itself is just Kanye is now unwilling to yeah integrate to smoothly integrate these soul samples into it it's like his soul samples they're not even samples anymore right almost so like Mm -hmm. uh take facts with um the father's children dirt and grime sample on uh facts yeah from life of pablo i mean is that a sample because really he is just taking a part of the song and then putting it at the start of that track and the end of that track but he hasn't even added a damn thing to it you know, he, he hasn't added drums. There's no <laughs> guitar. There's no other voice or anything like that. So it's like I, how I think of it is that the soul samples now speak for themselves. He allows that original uh, the original context of the soul sample to come through and tell its own story, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. whether it's the Nina Simone, a story of the lynching from Strange Fruit or uh, the father's children, um, uh, you know, dirt and grime. Uh, I won't. I won't subject you to my singing right now. Uh, but yeah, that's really what I'm seeing. So I think it's interesting that it kind of tacks so closely with uh, his storytelling development, as well as his public pronouncements on race relations in America.
0: Yeah, I, um, I'm completely on board with what you're saying, and probably why. Like, I've never been very technical when it came to the production mm-hmm. and like looking at the you know samples being used and. I think it's really interesting. What you're saying is like the samples became part of the storytelling suddenly. Yes. It went from just like make radio friendly song to like, it doesn't necessarily need that systemic change that like, okay, it like n- nicely leads into this. Like, like when we have, um, I think it's new slaves and it closes out mm-hmm. with this like uh, Hungarian <laughs> yeah. poem. Like it's kind of, it's meant to be there in a way It like, it's not, meant to be this radio friendly like oh like this flows very nicely to this it's it's really challenging you to look at the samples as part of the story being told
2: yeah exactly and um the example i honestly can't get away from is uh i think what's the one where he um suddenly switches uh samples he's like how how much do i not give a fuck let me show you right now uh um it's either on site or Is is that it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's even telling you he's literally telling you, like, yeah, man, I don't give a fuck that this song does not go with this song. I'm going to put it together. You're going to buy it. And we'll both go home happy. You know, so he. (laughs) that is I love that part because I think it is one time when Kanye is really spelling out his greatness for you. Right. And God damn me, if it doesn't work, man, that sample, (laughs) it's so weird. But that sudden shift is one of my favorite parts. And I think um some of the songs on Yeezus as well as graduation like I Wonder, uh with the I hope I'm saying this right, Lobby Sifra uh, sample. Uh I love them because they represent kind of midway points between facts and spaceship, to sum the argument up. You know, on spaceship The sampling is really integrated. It's reconciled. It's smooth. It sounds amazing. Your ear is like basking in butter or something. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. by the end of it, he is almost throwing the samples in your face. You you know, it's more confrontational, I guess. So, yeah. So like on site represents that. uh, And so does bound Two, Right. Because he has those soul samples during the verse. And then all of a sudden during the chorus, you move to this ultra clean ultra huge uh original vocal performance by a singer whose name escapes me right now um so that's really what i'm seeing uh and yeah i just think it's super interesting to watch his sampling technique develop in such a straightforward way for like that and for him to even almost at times tell you like yes this is where i'm at with sampling now you know the samples tell the story right so i think fax is a great example because yeah the father's uh, children's song opens it and it ends it. And then what happens in between doesn't on its surface seem to have much to do with it. But then when you realize that that's the first thing and that's the last thing you hear, then you start to realize like, oh, maybe Kanye sees it all within the context of uh, uh, you, you'll never know at the pain of a brother, you dirty mother. Ha ha ha. Look how far we are, you know, and even uh, on the Nina Simone track. Maybe that's his point about um if if you're gonna see it in context, maybe that's his point about Jay-Z's, I don't know, dating history. Uh that it all takes place within the context of a country that has this tortured uh history of racial racial relations.
0: Mm-hmm. That's something yeah. that we I, talk about a lot. Yeah, Travis. No, yeah, I I was gonna go along the same lines and make a broader point about how much I love Kanye because that's my favorite subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um Because, like, I I just think it's amazing that even going down to something as simple as what you're discussing, going from that, like, kind of streamlined sampling of songs to this chaoticness that can happen on, on site, that to me was what makes it so awesome to be a Kanye fan, because I think a lot of people and... I know Jay-Z isn't a producer, but it kind of makes me think Mm -hmm. of somebody who just raps over a beat. And that's kind of all you can really ever get from them. And with Condé, we really see him challenging himself and evolving as an artist. Kind of like maybe like Alfred Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick did or something. Or like Paul Thomas Anderson. Like you, you, you get like the basics out of the way early. They're still masterful basics, but you can expect suddenly greatness from this person you know that the next album is going to be completely different than the last and it really challenges you it you know it challenges you to really invest yourself in the complete soundscape of what he's doing
2: yeah yeah dog yeah and exactly like that's why yo i mean what uh backseat confessional time it's why i never had any intention of hearing 444 uh by jc and to this day you know i still have not heard it and I probably won't hear it over the next month. It's because it's exactly what you're saying. You're <laughs> I'm all right. I, I, I'm not getting kicked out. Cause Yeah, man. Yeah, Jay did his thing on Never Let Me Down. And God, that was killer. You know, who else, you know, been hot this long. But it's all like, shit, yeah. yeah, but like at the end of the day, man, it's just like, I basically know what Jay-Z is going to do before I hear it. So then I don't need to hear it. You know, it, it's like, yeah, it's going to be four bar loops. There's going to be a verse. There's going to be a chorus, another verse, another chorus. He'll do some ad-libs about how much whatever. And then, you know, like it's done and he'll do that 10 times. And it's cool how No ID did it or he did the whole album. But like at the end of the day, you know, I'm looking for more. And that's what you get with Kanye, right? Because with that each new album, yes, you hear the album. But then the really great part is to compare it to his older albums because he just builds on it and he builds on it and he builds on it. Um, and that's what I love, you know, that's what my Vox video about, uh, how much he loves the human voice is really about, right? So you see all of these developments in terms of rapping, singing, auto-tune his beats. Uh, and then just when I added sampling to it, you know, um, yeah, I honestly, I can't wait to hear the next album too. I am super excited for it.
1: (laughs) He's uh, recording it up in Wyoming. It turns out it's just all nature sounds and Kanye. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> you, you know,
2: I've re- I've read that tweet. Something's. You know, I got a, a tweet from Complex that was like, Kanye's at the top of a mountain in Wyoming recording his newest album, and it was just like the most Kanye is <laughs> I had ever. I like. I think I retweeted it ten times from every account I could find, man. Because, yeah, dude, if I'm Kanye, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to the top of a fucking mountain, making Wyoming cool, and then releasing the next sound of rap while I'm at it, you know? Well, that's
1: interesting to me, saying the next sound of rap, because uh, a lot of the talk gets brought up with uh, Kanye's chipmunk sampling Mm -hmm. and then the impact of 808s. But I feel Mm -hmm. like we're already starting to see the impact Yeezus has had on... Uh, music, and I'm sure we're going to see the impact "Life of Pablo" has had on music. Uh, from your perspective, somebody that's so immersed into yeah. the soundscape of uh, rap, and how, what impact do you think later Kanye has had on the industry, or is he having still impact on the industry?
2: Oh God, I mean, whew, you know that you know that's a big cr- question. It's a great one. Don't get me wrong. I guess. Um, I would, you know, to a certain point, if I could answer that question, well, then, like, shit, man, I would kind of just try to go become the next Kanye, you know, uh, uh, which I'm currently at work on, but, you know, give me 80 years or whatever. But the, uh, yeah, so I think the life of Pablo is really huge because I think that has the potential to have an impact that really goes beyond rap, uh, you know, into, guys, I don't know, what. wait, what What are the names of those musics people listen to besides rap again? Uh, rock? Rock? <laughs> Rock, jazz, classical? Um, No, 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 but, uh, you know, because I see The Life of Pablo wasn't really, and you know, I just released a video about this, maybe I sent it to y'all. The Life of Pablo was really an album about, to me, how people listen to music, right? I just think it is so of a piece and fits in so smoothly to how people listen to music nowadays, to how people get their music nowadays, that I think it will really make people rethink how they release music. You know, and that's super interesting to me because it's not like Kanye went to, I don't know, Chance with a business plan and was like, hey, Chance, man, you don't want to sign with a label, dude. You you just want to release your music on your own and only sell your merch. But no, you know, he releases a CD. And then what other artists see is it's like, oh, well, he kind of gave us like a starter pack, right? I Love Kanye is a song that lasts 45 seconds with no beat, has only 73 unique words. And so it's essentially like an audio meme. You know, I think back to when Jay-Z released the amazing idea, great idea. Uh, and is a perfect example of how Jay-Z is equal parts master businessman and master uh, rapper artist. But he he released the Black Album Instrumentals, right, first off. So you don't need that grainy, shitty sounding uh rips that you get online uh, nowadays. And he released his acapella tracks too, right? Official, clean, super smooth mixes, everything. And then what happened, but goddamn uh, Danger Mouse's, uh, what, Grey album, right? Where he mixed the Beatles together with uh, the Black album. I see Kanye's Life of Pablo building off of that, and especially with Ultralight Beam, you know? Because what I'm struck by on that song is just how many times you hear a completely isolated instrument by itself, no accompaniment. I mean, that's a sample, to a producer, that is a sample crying out to be pulled and put into a new song, you know? So I, yeah, so like I, I pulled snares, drums, uh, bass guitars, you know, the choral chords at the end where uh, Kirk Franklin is conducting the giant choir. Um, that That is basically like a more developed version of what Jay-Z did when he released, uh, What I don't know, the masters or the clean uh, versions, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, clean beats and clean acapellas from Black Album right? He, 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 Kanye gave you a sample pack, dog. People buy sample packs. And Kanye <laughs> was like, well, what, why the fuck are they buying these shitty producer sample packs? I'll just give them one of my fucking own. And then he gave you I Love, uh, I Love Kanye and Ultralight Beam. you know. And so this is what I see. I, I see the life of Pablo making artists, I don't know, sit, sit wide awake in the middle of the night and be like, yeah, man, if people only watch songs with music videos nowadays, then why the fuck am I releasing albums at all? You know, it's just like people don't listen to albums, man. They listen to playlists. They listen to there are mashups now. There are bootlegs. So Life of Pablo was structured. Life of Pablo's music was structured in such a way that it fit perfectly into playlists, mixes, mashups, bootlegs. And that's really what I see, you know. And you can even see this uh, having its effect in classical music, um, especially with some of the recent Pulitzer Prize uh, winners. Uh, I I mean, that's more rap in general. But yeah, man, it really is a trip. You know, I saw this... uh, study by Spotify that said that rap is the single most um, listened to music in the world. And so now I'm kind of just waiting for, I don't know, the non-internet to catch up with it. You know, <laughs> for for Connie, for Connie to be recognized as this way, to be like, yeah, man, it's about more than the music. It really is, and that's what sticks mm-hmm. out to me. So, uh, lo- lo- longest story short, it's kind of more like, I expected it to change the way people release music uh, and you're already starting to see that, you know, especially with Chance and SoundCloud, which was a great story from every side. But
0: yeah, yeah and everything you've said really speaks to the Twitter strategy and how yeah uh, his the album really became a communal thing, uh, going to the point where his concert was a floating stage that exactly. floated towards yeah. everybody, and it's the whole inclusion theme of that album. Um, plays into everything you're saying, which is something I've never thought of. It makes me love what I think might be the best album ever even more.
2: Uh, wh- wh- which are you saying? Life of Pablo? Or
0: Life of Pablo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't well, know. Well, those are top two, honestly.
2: Uh, are they? Yeah, yeah. You know, because I mean, they're great fucking albums, man. I mean, tons of great rap albums. So um, one of my personal favorites that I mention it because I don't think it's on too many people's greatest of all time list is like Nappy Roots, Watermelon, Chicken and Grits. You know, like it's the one with, oh, no, oh, no, hell no, boy. You know, um, (laughs) well, like 2000, God, it's always later, 2002, I think. But like, yeah, I listened to that. And during those 90 minutes, it is fucking awesome. But when those 90 minutes are over, I stop thinking about the album, you know. But like Life of Pablo, I come away with this greater feeling of I like I, to understand what is happening when Kanye gives you a song, you know. And so I think it gets tied up a little bit, just like in social discourse of like people don't want to grant Kanye this all time great status to put him with, you know, I'm not talking about rappers like Jay-Z. I'm talking about like artists like Pablo, who he references, uh, Pablo Picasso, rather. Uh, uh Mozart fucking Michelangelo they don't want to bestow upon him this greatest of all time uh, because he is so unrepentant in his opinion of himself you know so when <laughs> I say so, so when you say that like he understands the Twitter sphere or whatever I don't want uh, your listeners to think that that is ever or anyone out there to ever think that that is a knock against Kanye West man because it's like no he understands how to give you something that is great and every single sentence or every single word in that sentence matters. You know, something, the music, how to get it in your hands. Where does he release it? Is it title? Is it SoundCloud? Is it Playlist? Is it, you know, which is what Drake called his new album, which I didn't hear at all. He was kind of just uh, trying to hop on the bandwagon, I think, Um, whatever the one is uh, with the picture of the guy in the front. Um, But, yeah, you know, so it's just super interesting. And this next album, I don't even know, man. It could be, he might just take, like, his, he might, for all I know, he will, like, re-release College Dropout, give it a new (laughs) title, Yeah, just give it a new title and be like, yeah, man, that's the new album. And, you know, an idiot like me will be like, well, you just never let me down. That's the same thing. And he, he'll probably just be like, no, it's not, man. And then like a week later, my mind will be fucking blown. And I'll be like, yeah, man, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I really don't know, man. You know, I just you know, I, maybe I should go to Wyoming and try to track him down. But, yeah, it's just super interesting to watch his whole um evolution uh like that i just I, I just can't get it out of my mind and on a friday afternoon you know what i'd rather not be talking about anything else you know so <laughs> yeah it, it's just crazy
1: well, it's, it's funny you talk about him like re-releasing college dropout and being like no it's not the same thing there's a famous uh jorge luis borges story yeah uh called like pierre menard the author of don quixote and yeah. it's like this present day writer in the 1940s or whatever writes Don Quixote word for word um, Mm -hmm. and releases it. And it's the same book as the 16th century or 17th century Mm -hmm. novel by Cervantes, like word for word. But Mm -hmm. they argue that this guy's version of it has to be deemed as the better version because it came out in 1940. It has the context of all the years between the original release. Yeah. And this one, and that's kind of the same thing with like college yeah. dropout. Like, <laughs> if you re released it, it would have all the context of like between a now 2017, yeah, rather than just yeah, a and, and,
2: and yeah, and that's really what I love, uh, because it brings us back to the soul sampling technique discussion, I think. Because what you see happen, you know, 2005 Kanye West has the goddamn cojones to call out the president of the United States on national TV when he says George Bush doesn't care about black people. Uh, and that's why Katrina happened. Right. And then you flash forward. Um, and he is still talking about race, but in an even more, uh, confrontational way now, because people know who he is. So what does he say? You know, uh, there wasn't satisfied unless I picked the cotton myself. I'll fuck, fuck your Hampton house. I'll fuck your Hampton spouse, you know? So what you see, uh, happening in tandem um with this development in this soil sampling technique is that I don't he's doing shit like meeting Donald Trump in the lobby of Trump Tower after he gets um elected you know and, and so i just love that you brought up uh borhe is that how you say it cuz i yeah. found about his i found out about his writings uh, god literally no like two days ago um and so i was reading um up on him on wikipedia so yeah just all those stories because another one of his that comes to mind that makes you think about what is happening when you're reading a story is uh the one where he um he purports okay so yeah and again you know it's just so hard to explain because there are layers within layers of meaning uh okay so Borges i guess like came out and he was like okay, I just discovered this long-lost fragment. Um, and this long-lost fragment was from an actual manuscript, but the fragment that Borges uh, maintained that he had discovered was, uh, it described a empire where they, yeah, exactly, do you know this one? Where like, yep. they, their, their maps match the territory exactly. So at first, they were like, "Oh well, we made a pretty good map that was one inch to every mile, and it was good, and that was pretty accurate. But then our king told us to have an even more accurate oh, one. so yeah, then was,
1: different.
2: So the, yeah exactly. So then we di- so then we had like a foot to every mile, uh, and so, you know, it goes up the ladder, and eventually they get to a mile to a, a mile to mile, and then, you know, then they just were like, "Well, now we use just the fucking territory itself as the map, and that is just <laughs> like you know. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like you're standing in front of one of those mirrors and it just continually reflects back and forth and there's no end to it. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly, if you guys have any, God, I did not think we would hit this topic.
0: It's uh, <laughs> usually uh, so how it goes on this podcast.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, okay, great. Yeah. Cause if you do have any Borges suggestions, uh, I'm interested in reading <laughs> that one, but then also what the library, what's it called? Where it has every book that lasts 410 words, the library of the infinite, maybe, um, library of uh, um, something uh yeah. library of Babel. yeah yeah um you know like that is a library about uh so i guess the story is about how there's a library where every single piece of uh writing ever written that has four hundred ten words is in the library and yeah exactly man it's just like circles and circles you know like those mc escher paintings uh where the hand is drawing the hand um so yeah yeah i, I really would love it i don't know are there any new uh there, there haven't been any leaks or, like, releases from the new, or a date or anything from the new Kanye album. Has there been?
1: Uh, nothing that we've heard about. Uh, yeah. There's just been some rumblings of the uh, cruel winter. Like, with oh, some okay. images coming out of, like, the group. And then the other night, Kanye was seen with Kid Cudi and somebody oh. else. And people Uh-oh. are just like, oh, does this mean that, like, back. winter's coming? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But oh. nothing in the nothing in the way of that. And in terms of Borges, uh, seriously, just pick up his collected fiction. Uh, okay. that has all of his short story collections because all he ever wrote was short stories, and it's just uh, oh, really? okay. That's actually what I'm reading through right now. I've read a few of his short story books before, but like yeah. this complete collection, and it's a uh, is a delight. So
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely um, check it out then because yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird uh, how the two are connected.
1: Yeah, Well, and you talked earlier about uh, Kanye being recognized as the artist that he is, and I feel like it's a problem with a lot of art. It, it's kind of cliche to say that most artists aren't recognized in the time period that they exist mm-hmm. in, but it's very true for a lot of the great works that we hold up now. Um, and even somebody mm-hmm. like Beethoven had a very checkered relationship with the public at the time. Same with Mozart. Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I have no doubt. And I think Travis and I have talked about this before that like 50 years from now, a hundred years from now, Kanye West will be held up as like, uh, I don't know, like, a mm-hmm. an icon of the generation that we are lucky enough to be a part of.
2: Yeah. 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 And I wish I knew enough about fashion to make the call on his artworks there, you know, with his clothing line and, uh, Um, uh, the sneakers and all of that. Because, yeah, when you put it together and you're like, oh, well, he's a polymath, right? He creates art in lots of different mediums and lots of contexts, like Pablo Picasso uh, with his drawing, sculpture, painting, um, all of that. You know, because I feel like uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's your next guest. To to bring in that discussion of how his fashion uh, might be an outgrowth of his music. Um, You know, I think it is important to uh, realize because I'm totally on board. I know what you mean, uh, with uh Beethoven's reception and the person I think of uh is Richard uh, uh Ricard Schumann um who died uh you know like thirty eight, penniless, homeless in a mental institution. So I always figure like as long as I'm not quite at that level of uh life then i'm doing okay you know but to me i was taught off all of his works uh the piano songs especially i think it's important to recognize though that in connie's reception it is slightly more um connie will have to overcome more because i think there is a certain level of uh racial resistance to an acceptance of him to put him on the same pedestal as some of these dudes uh you know uh and so i think it is uh an institutional resistance a systemic uh resistance uh but if it were to happen it will kind of come up more because kanye uh or what would you say i guess like the systems the economies kind of that gave rise to that give rise to you know uh bestows of prestige and awards and shit like that uh if they were to be transcended right so i'm not looking for so at that moment when kanye west is accepted as a full genius in all of his glory i think it's more than likely that it will happen because, uh, not because like the Juilliard School or whoever is teaching Kanye West songs and music and stuff like that, but just because they've been replaced with something that is more equitable and more equal. Because I think Kanye does have to overcome uh, that uh, type of racial resistance, whereas obviously, you know, Beethoven was German, uh, Schumann, I guess, was French, Chopin was French. um, And so, yeah, I don't know. You know, it boils down to something as simple as, hey, that person looks like me, they're cool. Um, And you you have to overcome that first so god i really fucking hope so and i will vote kanye 2020 uh should be an interesting smorgasbord to pick from between trump trump um the rock and kanye but god i'm excited i'm excited for that primary uh so we'll see we will see
1: could you imagine the debates it's just like oh
2: god just descending into chaos
1: <laughs> kanye, <laughs> yeah like kind you were yeah. over your time limit don't tell me about <laughs> limits
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know, like oh, oh, Dwayne. I'm gonna let you finish, but I had the best policy platform of all time. Um, you know, he he might trot that one out of retirement. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. It it, it, it it it's something big, man. It's building up to something big, and just to to see it out, um, to see it unfurl every time is just super interesting. You know, I'm also really interested into how like the whole. Uh, What would you say? Like how Kim entering his life uh, has affected his music. Because really what I think we're moving towards is, okay, Kanye and Kim get divorced, whenever, and then Kanye just like gives us the best album of all time, man. I really, that album, I think, could be amazing. Kanye on like a Heartbreak album, that would be, ooh, that would be amazing.
1: I actually sat back in my chair grabbing my heart at the thought (laughs) of of a divorced Kanye. Like,
2: Yeah. I, no. Yeah, because yeah, because if, if this is Kanye as being part of a fa- uh, fairly what stable relationship, you know, and I actually looked up his yo, you, know, you guys ever look up the home videos that Kim shot where he's playing with like West and Nori and stuff? Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, just doting father is that image to a T. You know, when she when uh who's the uh North? I guess is walking around pretending to be a princess with like the sheet on her back. But but yeah, man, I just can't imagine uh, because you know. Uh, what album came out after his mother passed away? Was that "It um, Awaits in Heartbreak? Um, I'd have to look it up. But but yeah, I mean, whatever one, that one, that was, was a great yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's super great. And that's why I love talking about Kanye. You know, I, I don't want to give short shrift to the other great producers out there. Uh, Mike Will... Beethoven. I mean, I'm obviously always going to be talking about Dr. Dre, Rizzo, whoever. But it's it, it's it's almost easiest, more convenient to talk about Kanye because you see his evolution in such a straightforward way, and then he's always working with the same materials, you know. Um, yeah, and I, I went back and heard the original version of Wolves uh, with Vic Mensa, and I guess I think he just released an album today. But um, yeah, just everyone that Kanye has around him, uh, he just makes the right call every fucking time. <laughs> Uh,
1: Trez, I don't, I don't know if you have any questions that are coming up into your head, but I've, I'm very curious, Martin, to hear what your thoughts yeah. are on the difference between Kanye's soul samples on College Dropout and on Late Registration. If there's that yeah. much of a difference, not much of a difference, because we usually talk about that narratively; those albums aren't stupendously like. There's not a dramatic yeah. difference between them, but that. Kanye refines his individual narrative technique just a little bit to make them stand up uh, technique-wise above what was on College Dropout. So curious just to see if there's something similar going on.
2: No, yeah, and I would absolutely agree. Because to me, Late Registration, as great as it it is, and I know Chance ranked it as his favorite uh, Kanye album of all time, but I think that says more about... um, what Chance's preferences in music is because obviously, you know, late registration that a bunch of those sounds show up on Chance's coloring book, right. Uh, uh, coloring book, the album, I mean, so I, you know, I'm totally on board with you here, but to me, and again, it is a great album, but late registration is all the songs that weren't good enough to make it on college dropout, you know, mm-hmm. and you even see that from the order of songs that he released on, um, uh, in the freshman mixtape adjustment series, you know, when he was making beats for Jay on blueprint and, in, in. uh, Uh, 2003, 2002, all those songs, dude, he's still using material from, from those three freshman adjustment mixtapes on fucking graduation. You know, whatever the song is with Chris Martin, dude, that verse comes from a freshman adjustment mixtape that came out Five or six years before, and Kanye even told you, you know, imagine doing three beats a day for three summers—that's a different world, like Cree summers. Um. So, but so he's got all these leftover beats, man. And what this ends up is that, yeah, like, and dude, late registration, man, that came out almost uh, less than a year after College Dropout did. I think it was late summer two thousand five. Uh, so he had all these beats, um, stacked up already on hand. And so, yeah. So what you do get is you get a sampling approach that's similar. Uh, I forget what the one is. Uh, what I was looking at, I think, is roses. And I think that's a Bill Withers sample. But yeah, again, you get the same thing, right? Uh, the sample is a integral part of the arrangement. It shows up, I think, on the verse and the chorus, although I'd have to go back and check. Um, but yeah, it's a similar sampling technique to what we were talking about before, through the wire, uh, spaceship. Um, and then, the for to me, the first step towards Life of Pablo and Yeezus happens on Graduation. Because what, you know, broad strokes, really general, but he starts to bring this more of a electronic, a more synthesized look. Um, uh, More, yeah, bigger synths, buzz saws, uh, saw waves, all of that. So a great example of that is I Wonder, uh, which I brought up briefly before. You know, so it's really after late registration, um, you know, like you guys see uh, uh, the bigger breaks starting to happen after his first two albums. I see a bigger in terms of his narrative technique. I see a bigger break as well in his sampling technique because on I Wonder, well, now you start to get this really soul sample of uh, uh, Labby Sifra uh, married uh, called I Wonder. But now you get to see it married with these new sounds. You know, Kanye is still preserving uh, the original sample's key, which is uh, C major. Uh, he And he's still using lots of it. But now those synths, those synths are going to show up later on on Life of Pablo and Yeezus when he does begin to uh bring that soul sampling technique. So it might be interesting to think about it if today Kanye West were going to go back and resample that labby C for a song uh with the piano, um, you know, uh how he would do it today. And I think he would do it far differently. You know, he would do what he did on facts. He would put it at the start, at the end, and have the middle being in a different key as well. Cuz that's what happened on Blood on the Leaves. You know, you might you, you might be able to feel it. Uh, you know, you don't really need to know the theory, but you might be able to feel that shift. When all of a sudden, when Kanye starts rapping more and Nina Simone drops out, uh, there's a shift in keys. It's subtle. Uh, and then a bigger one comes on in facts when you s- switch from something like B major, I think, to uh, E minor uh, on that one. So, yeah, I see the same kind of break. So for me, I really divide it up into college dropout and late registration go together. Uh, then comes graduation. And then 808s and heartbreak, uh, does, does, does that have any, like, sample, soul samples?
0: That was going to be my question to you because yeah. Yeah. that's what I'm most interested in.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, because honestly, I would have to go back and listen to it. And honestly, you know, that's just one of those things I appreciate it more for what it was trying to do. No, I appreciate it more as an idea than me actually listening to it. So I don't know if I've uh, ever yeah. put on the entire thing front to back, you know. But I loved what he was tr- what he did, what he went for, you know. It's just not oh, my cup of tea, I guess you might say.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, I, uh, I feel like we're now going to have to make like a personal request for you to listen front to back to 808s.
2: (laughs) 808s and Heartbreak? Okay, hold on, hold on, uh. You know, because sample.com is kind of my go-to. So, you know, I'm generally familiar with it. We're like, what's the track with Yeezy? And then uh, Streetlights and and the things where Cuddy actually shows up and just didn't do the songwriting. Yeah. Those are the, the kind of tracks that I know. And uh, what was the fucking sample or the single, the first single? Love uh, Heartless. Heartless. Yeah, exactly. And so I know that one. So um, let me do a little bit of uh, Google search real quick. Uh, But yeah, I mean, because what I was going to say was that, you know, so yeah, uh, after graduation, I kind of think of 808s and Heartbreak as something out in left field. Not in a bad way, just unrelated. And then after that, you kind of start to get this curve back to where we are today. Uh, Because what was after that? Yeezus, right? And then you get um, Life of Pablo. Yeah. And, and, And so that's where his whole sampling technique is now. So 808 and Heartbreak. Let me... I'm not seeing 808 in a heartbreak sample. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's really kind of, I don't know what you would call it, the outlier, the, um, I don't know, the bee in my bonnet. Is that the proper use <laughs> of that? Um the, the, the fly in my porridge? God, yeah, I need a British person. Um, uh, So, but, but that's, okay, so, oh, okay, so there is a Nina Simone on bad news. Um, But yeah, honestly, all right, yeah, boom, personal request, I will get back to you guys, and shit, we could do this every fucking Friday, guys. We could just, I, I, I but, yeah, but where are y'all, Texas? Yeah, man, screw the girlfriend, shit, let's, we should go to the top of the mountain on Wyoming and just do the podcast. <laughs>
1: Could you imagine, like, hey, honey, I'm going away for like <laughs> a month to Wyoming. It's not yeah. really set, but we're just gonna go to Wyoming and we're gonna record a ton of podcasts yeah. and really just oh, crack open Kanye.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think she's looking. Yeah, <laughs> I think she's looking at you sideways over that. Like, oh, is it a bachelor's party? Just no, no. We're yeah. just, um, yeah, go going there, man. I've been to Wyoming and I can tell you, man. I don't, the only reason Kanye would have gone to, oh, God, how, what are your demographics for your audience in Wyoming? I I, I, I just want to make sure I'm not stepping on any sponsors or anything here. Just goats, mostly. Goats? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, well, okay, good, because what I was going to say next was I've been to Wyoming, man, and there are just, there's not a lot there. So I know for a fact that Kanye went to Wyoming (laughs) in order to- I think it's
0: infamous for that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, How to put this nicely, to get away from it all. And I do mean it all. Because in Wyoming, man, they're like, <laughs> yeah, you have the most beautiful mountains. And you're kind of just like, yeah, but where are all the people? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because there's not a like, I, love, I loved it there. It is. If you are trying to get away, um, The you know, they do traveling shows sometimes. So right after Austin, Texas, your next stop should be um, wherever in Wyoming. God, could I name a city in Wyoming? Uh, are the Grand Tetons? Giant or city or is that can you hear me uh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
2: okay, uh, yeah the Grand Tetons are a national park right not a city <laughs> not That's a city where yeah okay and I get Wyoming and Wisconsin mixed up sometimes but I know it's not Milwaukee oh Jackson Jackson Hole right
1: yeah I know Held that in. from Silicon Valley
2: oh uh, well they <laughs> oh why uh the show
1: yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. okay why what's it got to do with that
1: there's a uh, one episode where these two CEOs are trying to fly. F- they're sharing like a private jet somewhere, and the guy's like, "Oh, well, I'm going to Jackson Hole," and the other guy's like, "Well, I'm going to San Francisco." He's like, "Well, why don't we just fly to Jackson Hole and they'll take you back?" He's like, "Well, <laughs> just drop me off in San Francisco and you can continue on to Jackson Hole." And uh, uh, the guy that wants to go to Jackson Hole gets his way, and it sets up a revenge storyline that lasts the entire oh, here season. There we go.
2: <laughs> getting in getting in getting into the narrative of silicon valley now um no but yeah yeah that's exactly right i don't know man up until like two years ago like all those fucking compound name towns to me they might as well have been in a new state like lake tahoe it's like tahoe in california because i it seems to have no relation to what california is in the culture you know i don't know i guess you can ski there and snowboard there But to me, Lake Tahoe might as well be in Wyoming, man. Right next to fucking Jackson Hole.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm looking up our demographic stats. (laughs) And uh, I can see how many downloads we've gotten for each state. Oh, shit. And we've had 108 downloads from Wyoming. (laughs)
2: Okay. All right. Now, how about, like, a bigger state? How many from, like, California or New York? Uh, California is 25,000. Okay, man. All right. I, you know what? I think that ends that discussion. So I think <laughs> I can. ain't another thing about Wyoming. You know what I really don't like about <laughs> it? Uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. Wyoming, what kind of goddamn—like, I know where the name Washington comes from. Named it for a fucking president. Wyoming. And Pennsylvania, Pennswoods. New York, the new version of the York City. But what's a what's Wyoming?
0: <laughs> I think it stems from the word why. In other words, like, why is this here? Why would we? Yeah, <laughs> man, you know what? Why?
2: Yeah, you know what? I really, you know, because, yeah, it would be real simple to, I don't know, combine it. I always wanted to combine North and South Dakota. Like, why are they so great that they get two fucking states, man? There should just be <laughs> Dakota. And I know what you're thinking. Then you're like, well, Martin, then the flag would have an uneven number of stars. But I've got you because then we just make Puerto Rico part of Congress, man. 50 done
0: I think Easy. that's uh, or or you make Dakota fan in a state
2: oh or or there's that yeah or uh you know what pull American <laughs> Ferrara into this too uh there are no <laughs> actors named Pennsylvania yeah because I'm actually in uh in Philly right now as far as I know and um you know you know Texas is fucking great you guys are basically still your own nation as far as I know um but yeah yeah so god you know what what, what else is on our to-do list all right soul sampling technique Fix the flag problem. Anything else you guys want me to uh, uh, to just shoehorn here while while I'm at it, MacGruber it real quick.
1: <laughs> I don't know any uh, any final questions from you, Travis.
0: Um, well, I mean, you don't really know 808s well, so that. My, yeah. But my general question was going to be um, maybe to bring in a song that's kind of closer to it is like something like "Everything I Am." Like I'm really interested in. Um, oh right, yeah. Like how sometimes Kanye with his samples, he really lets them flourish and he kind of strips a lot of sound out or like it's just drums in there or something like it. There's just like it's very minimalistic and it's empty around this whole samples. And I'm I I don't know if there's anything to that, but that to me is like really interesting and reminds me of like minimalistic filmmaking or something like uh, it gives it this weird energy and gives it the samples this uh, prominence. And I'm really interested in that and like what the reasons for that are or if that's difficult to do to fit into a song like that? I don't don't know if you have thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think this is kind of where uh, my experience making music uh, comes in handy here, right? Because you're talking um, about what I had briefly mentioned before, uh, talking about Spaceship, right? Because Spaceship, uh, this is what I was saying before. So when he samples a song, you know, let's say he's in the studio and he goes to sample the Marvin Gaye song. Um, It is People should know from a producer standpoint, it's not like Kanye goes into the studio and he can decide like, oh, I just want the horns from Marvin Gaye's song, from the Marvin Gaye song, but I don't want uh, the drums or the piano or the mm. voice or anything. You know, you have to take it in uh, total, in whole. Whatever you hear is there unless you have access to uh, what they call the stems, which is every individual track. Uh, so on Spaceship, he did just that, right? Uh, He sampled the entire arrangement and it's a full sound from the Marvin Gaye uh, song, you know, like horns, uh, a little bit of percussion, um, the harmony as well. So but then, yeah, like what you're talking about, as you move on, he he no longer starts to worry about whether or not the music he is sampling is able to be sampled or not. And this is my whole point. Right. He, He doesn't wait for like the beat drop. Uh, where you hear just the rapper's voice, or he doesn't wait for like the dramatic bridge where you hear only the instruments. Uh, He just takes whatever part he wants and then builds his song around that. And so I think Fax is a great version of that, uh, because as far as I know, the father's children sample, uh, you hear all of it in kind of its grimy, gritty glory detail, uh, like you're talking about, like that minimalist approach. You know, he was just like, it's almost like he's more working with blocks now, larger blocks, right? He's not shaping clay. He's uh, connecting Lego blocks together or something like that and building something that looks super fucking awesome. So yeah, fax has like, you know, the uh, the choir, uh, I think there are some drums in there, and I think an instrument too. So yeah, so then he does kind of just take it minimalist, drop it in, move on to the next thing. But, I mean, I can't miss it. It's like Kanye is sending me a red flag to be like, look, man, I put these in, you know, because just perception-wise, people remember... That's what they hear at the start of a song and the end of a song and that's exactly where he put the sample and nowhere else and at that point it's just like i feel like kanye might as well have come up to you and been like yeah this is my sampling technique now you know and you get that from other places you know so the shaka khan as far as i know that that sample is um just her voice i might have to look into it a little more uh but again like he would have had access to an acapella version or something like that but now yeah he's just more about fitting his music around it so yeah that i I would say that is a really good call you know minimalist is just a kind of dangerous word though because it has a a much different meaning outside of uh artistic criticism versus what it does inside of it right because people might Mm -hmm. just be like oh well minimalist means simple and it's kind of like yeah but you know
0: (laughs) uh, that's mostly what i was getting at is like i think it's easy to look at as a minimalist like i think you could look at 808s if you're looking at purely on a surface level as a sort of regression Mm -hmm. and the opposite of like everything he does on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, but I would say those albums are actually very similar in their sound and the way they're maneuvering or with their music. I I just think there's a beauty and art to that, that I can't quite speak to because I have no idea what I'm talking about that stuff, but I can definitely Uh feel it.
2: No. Yeah. You know, and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. And again, this is why I love, talking about Kanye, because Kanye is really like many artists in one, right? So for (laughs) me, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is I imagine that's Kanye uh, the composer, you know, and I mean that not as uh, in a general way of like music making, I mean that in a more specific way of what a composer does. So what a classical composer does is he writes the music uh, for the instruments, then he gives it to a conductor, the conductor gives it to instrumentalists, and then the conductor, you know, runs the show while other instruments are... Playing the music together, but the conductor himself is the one who is imposing a single artistic envision, uh, vision rather, on this entire thing. Right. So what's interesting is that the uh, the uh, what would you call it uh, the uh, br- the performance of this work is so segmented you know, the composer writes the music, but he doesn't fucking conduct it. The conductor conducts it, but he doesn't play it. He gives it to the instrumentalist. So my beautiful dark twisted fantasy to me is Kanye the composer because what Kanye did was he set absolutely no fucking limits to himself. And that's what a composer has, right? When a composer sits down, he's not worried about like, God damn, this shit might never get played. He's not like, god damn it, I don't have a uh, 70 person orchestra in my backyard to play this music. He <laughs> he just brings forth his musical expressions and puts them on the pad and then kind of just lets the conductor worry about it. Uh and, and so that's what Kanye did there. You know, it's like the maximalist Kanye. It's the um the 2010 Kanye, I would say. Uh in all of its good and bad. Uh it, because he was just, he didn't put any fucking limits on it, you know. What, what did he call it? Dude, his quotes about all of the lights are some of the most kanye quotes of all time. Right <laughs> up there with that fucking Twitter shit. He literally, he was just like, yeah, man, we're going to put Alicia Keys on it, then Kid Cudi, then uh, Billy Joel, and it's going to be ghetto as fuck. I think that is the quote for Kanye's analysis <laughs> of all the lights is ghetto as fuck. And God damn it, if it isn't, dude, because he gives you brass. He gives you like a bridge and then there's another bridge. And then we're back to the chorus. Dude, he brings in super mega stars for fucking like guest cameos that don't last more than uh like 10 seconds. Dude, I mean, because it took me a while to figure out that Elton John is the dude who sings at the end of yeah. that. And, uh, yeah. And Alicia Keys is doing the shit in the middle. And, you know, and the Berkey. music. Video, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so kind of is it's just like he to me, he kind of like sat back and he was like, you know what? what if I just didn't worry about shit? And he just fucking went for it. <laughs> and, 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 and so and so there's even another line on a different album where he acknowledges this, where he says something like, I gave you the album that you wanted. Now I'm going to do me or, or something like that. Something on, uh, Jesus, I think. Uh, and because he really did just do it as like, uh, the final word in the argument to me of whether or not kanye knew what he was doing right because you and me you all of us we sit here and we analyze it and all the time people are like yeah but kanye never said that he did that on purpose you know kanye doesn't know what he's doing he's just getting lucky but my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is such a fucking edifice of uh musical architecture from front to back that like you just can't miss it. So to me, it was Kanye musically saying like, yes, I know what I'm doing now. Leave me the fuck alone so I can make Jesus. <laughs> um, it, I, I think that's the best, uh, uh, way to look at it. Um, cause yeah, you know, I've kind of left all, uh, that part out a little bit, my, all my beautiful dark, but, um, yeah, I mean the, all the lights interlude, it's just so interesting to me how you can make an album with what? 12 different songs, 13, if you count, see me now. Uh, but just not, and not have like any obvious connections, right? There's not a, it's, there's not a concept to it. Like as uh, straightforward as good kid, mad city, you know, 24 hours in the life of Kendrick Lamar um, or something like that. But just God damn me, if it doesn't all feel like it's a single expression of just one musical idea. And that's what classical music is, you know, that's the difference between classical music and popular music is that classical music will develop a single theme. And that's why you get fucking da, 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 Dun 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 or whatever, you know, because then Beethoven for the next eighty minutes uh, he'll play it. He'll play with that one single theme. But pop music goes a different uh, direction. But Kanye just alludes to it so directly for me that it's like you can't fucking miss it. You 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 can't.
1: That's one of the things that we talk about a lot. It's that Kanye works in such a subtle way. Like Kendrick on Good Kid, Mad City, and to Pimp a Butterfly often telegraphs what he's doing in a way that gets him. Uh, more, I think, credit for the artistry than yeah. necessarily what the level of technique in the narrative and storytelling necessarily deserves. Which it's still like a great job, but it's like to put it into film parameters, uh-huh. it would be like, um... oh, I'm trying to think of what Travis. Do you have a Cause... movie <laughs> in mind? That... I, I, like, I, I started well... to say like a a very like introspective, um... yeah. Uh, like Fast and Furious, but that's underselling what Kendrick
2: does. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, maybe uh, I, I'm kind of <laughs> thinking of uh, I don't know if I could dip my toe into the uh, film critic pool. I, I mean, I fucking love Chris Nolan. You know, those Batman movies. I think the second Batman with the Joker uh, is one of the greatest movies of all time. But right. it's just not like you're saying it's not subtle you know he makes direct reference to in order to tie his narratives into the ongoing uh homegrown terrorist with the with those uh handy cam videos of the of the Joker before he kills the guy which you know is exactly like those fucking ISIS uh videos that come out now with uh jihadi john and all that but but yeah so i don't know if you want to think of Chris Nolan as Kendrick Lamar then Kanye might be more someone like um thrown it, like uh who is the guy who did the master paul paul thomas uh, anderson.
1: anderson
2: yeah you know and even that is a little too I mean, but even, you know, I'm thinking of the Chris Nolan movie, uh, memento where it's played backwards. Uh, uh, you see the movie backwards, uh, which is super cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, you know, something with the master because it never quite sat right with me that people were like, oh, the master is a critique of Scientology. I would be like, well, there are like 10 Scientologists, man. So why would he make a movie, um, about that? You know, or maybe even like, a, um, yeah, I don't know, man, like a Daniel Day Lewis acting performance, like Lincoln. How the fuck can you make politics sexy? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, you know. So, so I'm reaching for something here. But yeah, I think that's a good point. But what amazes me, you know, I love that you brought up Kendrick because Kendrick. The difference between Kanye and Kendrick is that Kendrick obviously doesn't create his beat backgrounds, right? That's the obvious thing. That's what fucking blows my mind. How does the People butterfly sound like it was made by one producer, but the artist whose album it is doesn't even make his beats, man. You know, and I imagine that Kendrick is in the studio and he's like, how about you do this? How about you do this? But I've never, I haven't seen him with many production credits and God, everyone gets fucking pr- production credits nowadays, you know? Uh, and so w- when damn comes off sounding as it does, And it's not like a fucking game uh, mega album, you know, whatever was after documentary where game just called up all those fucking dudes, uh, Boy Wonder, uh, Dr. Dre, you know, but and so you might like the songs, but but you don't like the album because it all runs as a single um, uh, flow to it. Right. You know, and I think that's what JC was going more for when he decided to go back to uh, no ID for all 10 tracks. Um, So, yeah, I do love that comparison, though.
1: Mm the the master is an interesting one too because you mentioned uh people say it's about scientology but there really is something more going on with the idea of mastery of the self and humanity's nature towards uh Mm -hmm. greatness uh, towards oh what's the word not idealization of the self but uh that complete mastery of the self versus the transcendence maybe yeah that kind of transcendence of like what we think of as the soul versus the animal instincts. And we see this guy trying to be tempered into more of a human, but by the end of the movie, he just gives in to his animal instincts. Yeah. Um, Which is really like triumphant in a way, even when it's also sad, but there's definitely more going on with Paul Thomas Anderson. And it's interesting that I think Kanye, by not addressing directly uh, his techniques and the depths in his work, but having it there for anybody that recognizes the techniques to yeah. see and latch onto, it creates the impression that he wouldn't be going for the depth that he actually is going for and achieves.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I think I, you know, something we do need to address here is kind of is Kanye's um, public quotes on the subject right because i have to say from what i've seen when people ask kanye to talk about his music he does it really well in the general uh but when it gets to and again you know i've only seen uh, i'm thinking of two or three different parts but when he gets to the specifics then he kind of to see to me it almost seems like he jumps for buzzwords right so I, i saw something about you know and it's kind of like maybe he just got caught up in the rap Culture, uh, obviously, he's a rapper. But so, like, when he does things, when he's like, "New Slaves" is this, "New Slaves" second verse is the greatest rap verse of all time. Well, I can just say that's not true, and that is like objectively not true, you know. <laughs> and so, so after "Life of Pablo," I saw another tweet from him that was like, uh, "Oh, it was like it, it's dealing exactly what we're talking about." But he said something like, um, "Incompleteness is now completeness." Hashtag contemporary art, and I'm just like, "All right, dude, you like." Artistic critique is hard enough to do when you have two-hour podcasts, but if you're going to try and do it in 140 words, I need something a little more that goes beyond like hashtags, right? <laughs> just because you're like, oh well, it's contemporary art doesn't just mean I'm going to come across and be like, yeah, it's fucking awesome, you know? So it is fucking awesome. It just kind of seems to be that when you get drag in these um, his public thoughts on the topic, uh, there there is almost like a disconnect or something there. So I would really be interested to know uh, what he would think of all this. But yeah, I mean, cause I see him and he talks about it really well, uh, in the general and he does touch on these, but it's almost like he almost wants to stir the pot more than anything else. And that is where he, I think his goal of attaining greatness within his lifetime, cause like you said, obviously he's going to do it after his life. Uh, it, it starts to become, um, almost like a circular argument, right? Because he's mad that people won't accord to him this Pablo Picasso status, but people won't accord to him this Pablo Picasso status because he's mad that they haven't done it yet. So if he had just waited until like the life of Pablo, dude, he would be in the fucking white house meeting with Obama for the brother's keeper program and not, uh, being called an ass by him instead of Kendrick Lamar, you know? Um, so, so yeah, it is just all tangled up in these super interesting ones. Um, but yeah, actually, you know what I did, uh, How about the, run? you know, because you guys have a foot in both worlds of rap narrative and then film narrative, what do you think of, like, Kanye's uh, films then? Uh, I wonder if you've ever addressed this on a podcast, like Runaway. I'm thinking of Runaway, the 35-minute one that went with um, My Beautiful Dark. Uh, Yeah, that release. Travis, this is your realm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have seen it many times. Um, Well, just in the general sense, um, I mean, we could... we could honestly do a 13-part series that is on just that movie, in my opinion. But uh, in a general sense, I think it speaks to why I love Kanye, not necessarily as a musician, but more of an artist. Like, I get in arguments with people all the time who are, like, people are saying, like, he's just not a great rapper. Like, he just is not, if you compare him to somebody like Uh Jay-Z. And I kind of get that. Like, I know early in his career he was kind of made fun of and laughed at and told like you can't be a rapper like you understand yeah. right yeah and you, you want to be a like,
2: and dr dre yeah don't nobody give a fuck what you got to say i love that line i love that line man yeah that's so good oh, oh, I think oh no that- no you t- took the beats and pass them to myself i'm cordell stewart that is the kind of shit i'm talking about man that is why he <laughs> used all those mixtape adjustment beats later on but i'm sorry i cut you off
0: No, it's okay. I I love it. Um, Any interruption that involves Kanye, like, interrupt away. We're
2: good to go. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I got the green light Uh, on that
0: one. (laughs) But I think it just speaks to him generally as an artist and why he speaks to me is that it isn't about the rapping, it's about what the rapping is contained within. And that speaks to so much what I want out of films. I I want um, atmosphere and aesthetic, and I want this um, energy. that, um, that that really is told, I uh, want the story told visually. And I think Kanye really captures that. Like He does it with his music, but with Runaway, the film, he's really able to put that album into context and everything Kanye's exploring, and all of the dark thro- thoughts and the struggles he's going through are really depicted in this visual manner and this extreme maximalist, like, Phoenix came down from the heavens tone yeah. that is just, yeah, right? to me, like so next level and so what i want out of movies and never gets which really honestly like puts runaway up there one of my favorite movies ever because i i think especially for a modern film nobody really takes the chances that like they would back in the new hollywood days like there are no more brian de palmas or stanley kubrick's or anybody like that kanye to me is the closest thing to that so that's why i kind of covet that movie
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you see this in a lot of different art forms. You know, you need an outsider who doesn't know what he's, quote unquote, supposed to do in order to uh, fit in with people. Right. So I think like um, Orson Welles, right, when he did Citizen Kane, he wasn't like a trained director who went to school Um, or even like John Cage uh, with composing, you know, the guy who did four thirty three uh the four minutes and 33 seconds of silence right all the time people yeah like all the time people are like oh man classical music is just an intellectual masturbation and i'm kind of like dude if you think that john cage actually expected you to sit there and like rock out to 433 well Hmm. you're kind of missing the point man and so um yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if kanye it's like the same sort of situation you get this outsider who doesn't know what he's quote unquote supposed to do, and then he moves the art form uh, forward. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think you raised a lot of good points there. Okay.
1: We see that with a lot of his music videos, which are much more collaborative than I think um, how he produces his albums and maybe works on the themes of his albums. But in all of his music videos, there's very interesting narrative techniques and cinematic techniques uh, to the point where, like his videos for the Life of Pablo. <laughs> are, like, mm-hmm. insane.
0: Especially yeah, the yeah. Famous
1: video. Like, the Famous video is... And, you know, we've been to a lot of film festivals. Yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of short films, independent films, all this stuff. If I saw the Famous music video as a yeah. part of a short film before a movie, I would, like, applaud oh, that. Yeah. Like, yeah, not yeah. knowing that it's part yeah. of Kanye at all, but just the ideas behind it, how it uses the horror movie, like, the 60s horror movie voyeuristic perspective and what that says about celebrity and what that says about...
2: Oh, absolutely. uh,
1: ...us as the viewer of celebrity, it's insane.
2: Yeah, and and that's what I love about the famous video is I think it is finally, like, the nail in the coffin of the argument that Kanye West doesn't do anything on his own he's he's only enabled by his collaborators or whatever right because it's based on a painting uh that a relatively unknown artist from new york did right uh and then Kanye turned it into a music video and the only thing you need to know to learn that it is a great fucking music video is that man it it made me feel bad for celebrities you know (laughs) it it, it made me feel for celebrities to be like oh man that's sort of a lot and no one had really done that besides like eminem or uh, with like, what do you, what do I think is success? It sucks too much stress. Uh, you know, because I think Eminem would love a fucking world where he could be paid for rap, but not have to be known for it. Almost like uh, Russ Westbrook uh, with basketball, you know? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and you don't get that from a lot of players, rappers or uh, producers like Kanye West. Um, So yeah, yeah, that that is a good point. Uh, famous. Oh, the one I was thinking of was the Wolves one, you know, cause I think there are like it, it, you know I guess I saw two right? I saw one for the s n l one mm-hmm. um where they're crawling, which I mean dude, that stage that stage that setting it's that amazing. Scenery, yeah exactly yeah, 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 that scenery is his fucking fashion come to life, right you know you you see his fashion um uh with God, I don't have the words, I don't know the palette, the palette of colors uh of all those people <laughs> standing on uh when he rolled out jesus of uh I don't want to say drab, uh, monotone. I don't know. God, saturation. What am I going for? I, you know, like (laughs) browns and grays. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Uh, yeah, but like that, dude, that whole scenery, man, and that the roof is too low. So they all have to crawl. And dude, you know, I, I love that Vic Mensa version so much more now and it just fit perfectly. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's what I love about it. So then, and then the real wolves one where all the people are standing around and Kim Kardashian is crying and it's black, And it's black and white. It's just, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, you know, so I don't know too much about film to say something beyond it's good, (laughs) but, but yeah, yeah, it, it really, so I would love to know more shit gotta watch the podcast listen to the podcast more i guess (laughs) Uh,
1: that's one of the things that we're angling for once we kind of run out of songs which we'll sadly one day do is like
2: yeah uh, i doubt it man i doubt it because that's what i love about kanye you know because i grew up uh more on dr dre and dr dre's thing was like just make each album a hit you know so he did what uh this NWA albums, 1986, was straight out of Compton. Maybe, no, it's always later than I think. Maybe 88. Uh, and then what? Chronic in 1992, Doggy Style in 93, 2001 in 1999, and then Compton in 2016. But, so, so, but then, dude, Kanye released three fucking albums in one year, right? He did uh, the good music, uh, Cruel Summer, and then he did Watch the Throne, and then what went with that? My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So you say... You will run out of songs, but really dude connie might just have too much to say man i really you know I hope so all, yeah yeah for all I know the album will fucking come out tomorrow for all we know right because that's how people goddamn do it uh and then unless it's future and then you're releasing two albums tomorrow um so yeah it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to keep up nowadays
1: it is indeed well i uh i just i want to ask uh do you have any do you have any final thoughts before we kind of wrap up the show anything else that you want to kind of discuss
2: talk about oh god i don't know man unless you want to do make this like the start of a second version of the show <laughs> uh i really don't think so because uh yeah yeah we touched on i don't know man we got to bore hay, so you know what i'm calling that i'm calling that a good day man I'm calling that-
1: <laughs> all right perfect well yeah, we'll yeah. uh we'll have you on again soon and we'll find a, another topic to start with and then greatly yeah. deviate from and it'll be awesome <laughs> Um, and then yeah, yeah. Thanks so much and We'll for shit on, on
2: Wyoming some more, um, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, this was really great. I can't, I honestly can't thank you guys enough so much uh, for having me on. I really admire what you do with the podcast because uh, it's not an easy format to work within. Uh, I know from personal experience, but yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks so much, uh, so much for having me on, and I hope we can do it again.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, <laughs> do we have a sign off, Travis?
0: Um. Keep it wavy, baby.
1: <laughs> Keep it wavy. Heard, heard. Wavy, baby.
0: Yeah. Audible. Audible. Dot com, dot com, dot com, dot com. Go to audibletrial.com slash wtt to get a free audiobook and a thirty day trial with Audible. If you do, we'll love you as much as Kanye loves Kanye.